Carter Hart and Joel Embiid, 97.3 ESPN, WENJ, WENJHD, Millville, Atlantic City. This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. All right, Tuesday with Thompson, the PTs here. We got a lot to have, a uh, lot to discuss with the PT. Brought to you by GMS Law. Make the right call for a convenient location to serve you online. GMSLaw.com. Tuesday with Thompson, the PTs here. I'm Mike Gill. That's Hunter Brody. Josh Henning producing today's show. We got who's in, who's out coming up. A lot of craziness going on. A lot of college football games have been canceled. Got some high school local teams canceled. The NFL Eagles have a coach who has come down with COVID, changing their preparation for the New York football giants. But we got a lot to dive into on that. Pete Thompson, how are you, Peter? MG, I'm always glad that I uh, tune in and listen to the Sports Bash, even on the segments I'm not there, because I learn things like I didn't know about the mainland football team. I didn't know about St. Augustine and uh, their issues, uh, trying to find an opponent. Uh, yes, it's uh, always changing. you got to stay locked in the whole time. So yeah. You know what's I, going on. By the way, I heard uh, you made your way into St. Augustine last week. I did make my way in there. I mean, you're, you helped me, though, uh, uh, albeit uh, remotely, by, uh, you know, talking about the fact that, gee, I wonder if Pete Thompson's going to get in. And then I thought, oh, crap, I wonder if I'm going to get in. So then I had to start using the phone to try and reach out to some people to say, like, don't you know who I am? No, Tony LaRusso I was just thinking the same thing. (laughs) That's not what I said. I reached out just to make sure they had a heads up that I was coming. So you were one of the 500 people allowed in there? Like you took a ticket away from a parent or somebody that really... You know that's that's not true. I mean, keep keep warming up your vocals there, pal. No. First of all, the game was already going. So the people that were allowed in were already allowed in. Secondly, I was considered part of the press contingent. Last time I checked, I still work for this radio station, don't I? Well, I mean, I don't know if they're part of the 500 people. I didn't know if they were part of the 500 people uh, that are allowed in the building or not. Uh, I I did not take away anyone's seat. There was nobody at the gate looking uh, forlorn, like, how come he gets to go in and we don't? I mean, come on. That's all I was wondering. I mean, I'd hate to see you just standing on the sideline with your hands in your pocket when there's a family member on the outside looking in because you wanted to go. Uh, that's not what I did. I actually did some media work, took a couple pictures, got to meet Cheeks Smith for the first time. You know, I mean, uh, some things went into my Shore Local column. I, look, I learned that from you, Double Dip. I was there for 97.3. I was there for Shore Local. Give me another outlet. I'd be there for that, too. All right. All right. I'm just making sure I didn't want you to take an opportunity from a, a willing, uh, you know, spectator. That's all. I can see him doing that, too. Absolutely. Like, no doubt about it. Better. Give me a break. Look at you guys making me out to be the Grinch who stole Christmas. Nobody, no, there's nobody that did, I can't even say it grammatically correct. No one was denied entry because of my uh, showing up uh, halfway through the first quarter. Okay. All right. Well, fair enough. Uh, first place Eagles at the break. Got the Giants coming up this week. All four teams are still in play for this thing. How do you feel? Well, I love the fact that they gained ground without even playing. I love the fact that the Washington football team, uh, you know, uh, found a way to lose the Giants. Although you get a little worried because now you start thinking like maybe this Giants team is on the rise, albeit doubling their wins. Uh, Look, I look at it like this. This division is a complete and total mess. And whoever's the least messy when it's all said and done is going to win with 
a pathetic amount of uh, wins. But uh, how do I feel? I still feel like the Eagles are in the driver's seat. Well, I mean, are you like, are, are you like excited about the second half of the season? They're getting healthy. They're in first place. Like, hey, you know what? I'm excited about what you know. December, Doug, changing the kind of changing the mojo. Sorry, no. Excited, no. Um, uh, e- curious, eager, you know, or, or curious uh, uh, to look and see what happens. Yeah, no, I'm not excited. Uh, like, uh, am I uh, throwing uh, parties and having uh, parades down the street? Absolutely not. I mean, we there's still the stretch of Seattle, Green Bay, and the Saints still sitting out there. But I, I do think that. They're in the driver's seat, and they have the chance to uh, control their destiny, as they like to say. And, and, uh, and hey, I just looked at the game notes. My buddy's calling the game, Kevin Kugler. There you go. Graduated from radio, and now he's on TV all the time. How about that? PT, did you happen to vote on our Twitter poll? Uh, oh, boy. Is it about poop again? I did no, not no, vote no, on the no, Twitter no, poll. No, 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 no. You don't need to bring that up. Come on, PT. We're over that. We're past that conversation. I mean, did you ever, did you ever talk to that neighbor? Nope. Uh, everything has worked out to this point, and that's all I'm going to say. Let's get to the Twitter <laughs> poll question, PT. When you <laughs> look at fine. this division, all right, you have Doug Peterson who won a Super Bowl. Ron Rivera, who's been to the Super Bowl. Mike McCarthy won one, and Joe Judge is a rookie head coach who has done a decent job to this point. Who do you have the most faith in as a head coach right now today? Uh, not picking Joe Judge. Uh, I do like uh, Riverboat Ron, but I wouldn't like him if he was with my team. Mike McCarthy is a shadow puppet of, uh, you know, I mean, he's better as a coordinator. I'm going with Doug. I'm sorry. And that, I'm going with Doug. I just voted. I'm going with Doug out of those four names, you know. Uh, I understand McCarthy won a Super Bowl, but how much of the Super Bowl did he win based on Aaron Rodgers and the personnel, and how much did he win actually by his coaching? I mean, yes, uh, some of Doug's people that were around him might have helped with the Philly special, right? But uh, Doug had the cojones or the stones all season long that season to be aggressive and go for it. The problem is since that season, I mean, I couldn't believe that. I was reading about Carson Wentz today. In an article they and they're seventeen seventeen and one in the thirty five games that Wentz has started since his injury out in Los Angeles. That that blows me away. I mean, it's like what a rapid decline of your franchise quarterback. And what do you do about it? Uh, is that a product of him, or is that a product of what's around him? Because you know injuries have been a common theme around him. Or is it a product of coaching? Some people have thrown he's not coached hard enough. Uh, I think it's a little, it's like a trifold of, of all three. You know, obviously the talent hasn't been there, although last season, once Carson starts to trust somebody, then, you know, I mean, look, have there been other hidden Travis Fulgham's out there? Or have the receivers just stunk? I mean, that that's your question that you're asking there. But then you sit there and kind of break down. This article was very comprehensive. I'm sure you read it too, Gil, about, you know, whether it's deep throws or does he have time to throw or, you know, what's the window? I understand that he's behind a skittish, you, you can get a little skittish when you're behind an offensive line that isn't rock solid. I get that. And, you know, seven different offensive lines this season or different offensive line combinations this season. But at the end of the day, you, you have to put that ultimately on Carson Wentz. You know, the, the Carson Wentz that seemed to have the uncanny knack and football clock in his head has not been the Carson Wentz that we've seen so far this season. Maybe the switch changes. Maybe he built some confidence during the bye week and saw something on the film that the rest of us don't see, uh, and the light bulb goes on. But I'm a little concerned. After hearing that an Eagles coach did test positive, are you concerned about the impact of the preparation for the Giants on Sunday? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, the COVID is running wildfire through the NFL right now. And, and you saw Big Ben today, you know, because he was in contact. So he has to go into quarantine. Uh, I, I just think that, you know, the difference is like in the NBA, they were able to get in a bubble and stay in a bubble. And in the NFL, they haven't been able, just the sheer numbers and the size. And then you, you kind of have, you know, with the Raiders getting fined and things like that, that wild, wild West mentality of like, we're big, tough football players. It's not going to get us. And, yeah, it is. I mean, it doesn't seem to be uh, shy with anybody. College football, Trevor Lawrence had to stand on the sidelines in that awesome Clemson-Notre Dame game the other night. And you just see it running rampant throughout uh, both college and professional law and high school, like we started off talking about mainland. Uh, PT, Tuesday with Thompson here. A lot going on. Uh, by the way, did you see the story about Tony La Russa? I saw he got in trouble again, right? Uh, the sort of ran over a curb or something like that, and it was the uh, – the same thing that uh, the DWI, right? The same thing that happened to him back when right, he was but the did you hear, and said he would did, never make that mistake again. Did, yeah, exactly. And uh, I think he fell asleep at the stoplight or something in that one. This that, time, that was in the Cardinals one. Yeah. Yes. This time, he told the police. He gave the classic. Do you know who I am, brother? Oh man. Oh, yeah, man. I have yeah, some quotes. I, I have that, some quotes that for work you. For Charles Barkley, either. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. What, what did he say? He said, "Do you see my ring? I'm a Hall of Famer baseball person. I'm legit. I'm a Hall of Famer, brother. You're trying to embarrass me." Uh oh. Uh oh. That's never going to go well in court. You know, uh, uh, whoever his defense lawyer is, good luck. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> now where? Just shut up. Where's the PT walking around aimlessly, knocking on the window like, "Hey, buddy, you need a ride?" Uh, yeah, what do you mean? Now you wanted me to go out there and give Tony a ride? No, listen, uh, that we have Uber. I mean, listen, to, that, that's on Tony then. You know, it's one thing back in the day if you if you weren't getting a ride, but now that you have Uber and Lyft and all the other things, there's really no reason for you to be putting the keys in the ignition after you've had some uh, unless you're just plain stupid. And I don't think Tony LaRusse is stupid. I just think he's made a very bad, bad mistake, uh, very close to – the time that he's been – apparently this was in the wings, too. Uh, I did read that. It's in Phoenix or near Arizona and Maricopa County, and, and he was with the – he said he was with the Angels at the time because he didn't have his White Sox gig yet, but they, they were sort of uh, – I mean, it doesn't bode well when it, the charges were filed in the wrong county originally. Now it's coming out. I mean, it's all a timing thing, too. Mm-hmm. He, he just signs this gig with the White Sox, and all of a sudden here's this story breaking out like, yeah, this is who you signed, Hall of Famer or not, he's a moron, you know, so that doesn't look He was good. in Maricopa County. Was he counting votes? I was thinking the same yeah, thing. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yes, he was in Maricopa County counting the votes. Uh, that's one, two, one, two for Joe, one, two, one, two, three for Joe. <laughs> uh, by the way, the Eagles have put out a statement that they have received confirmation this morning that a member of the staff tested positive for COVID-19. We do not know who that is, but they are now going to go into self-isolation, contact tracing. They're following the protocols. So obviously, PT, they're going to have to do their meetings and stuff all virtually this week now getting ready for this game. Yeah, which is a shame because, I mean, they did have the uh, the long break uh, and the bye week, but they didn't go anywhere during the bye week. And if I'm not mistaken, they didn't go anywhere during the bye week also to try and prevent something like you this. Well, the happened. teams, so, they're not allowed to. 
Right. And here you have every, I mean, they basically were following every step and yet uh, somebody on the staff test positive, which is, uh, yeah, it's going to it's definitely going to be a wrinkle. And, well, and who knows, maybe this is the first domino to fall. Uh, by the time we get to Thursday and Friday, could we be talking about some players that are going to miss? Possible. And, you know, Sal Pal said this on Friday uh, last week, which was that the players are having COVID fatigue. Like, they're tired of getting tested. Ev- They've been tested every day since August. Uh, tough. Uh, I mean, that's the that's the new normal. Uh, well, it's, it's not like it's not like up, it's not know? to it's I mean, not to like chastise. It's just like he said, they're getting fatigued of doing it every day. Where you might have a day where you 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 just mentally like don't want to do it, and that could be the day that cost you. And like now you're having teams that are like zero and eight, one and seven. Like how strict are they going to follow the protocols? Right, you do worry about that, and remember, it wasn't long after the last Giants game, right, when some of the Giants players went out and got chastised because they had they had broken protocol or hadn't followed all the rules. I mean, you can contr- you can do everything right yourself, and then somebody else can have a, an issue with it, and you come in contact with them, be it in a game or whatever, and then you uh, run into a problem yourself. I look at it like this: Look, Doug had COVID, right? We forget about that. We're so far into this. What's wrong with Carson Wentz, and why are they three, four, and one? You forget that Doug had COVID and had to sit for a week and do everything virtually. So when you talk about them having to prepare that way, that's kind of the new normal. I mean, does it affect them? Sure, it has to to a degree. But ultimately, you know, it's going to be the uh, guys that are uh, able to play and on the field uh, on Sunday against the Giants guys, not not whether or not you had a virtual meeting when you were trying to do prep. You read my mind, though, because I was going to bring up that Doug Peterson had it, and I just wonder, once we find out who it is, you know, we haven't really heard of, you know, when someone tests positive, they make a statement if it's someone who is famous, or, you know, they put out a tweet or an Instagram post. You haven't really heard of someone get it twice, where they put out a post, and then maybe three months later, they put out another post saying, I got it again. What if it is Doug Peterson that got it again? I just feel we haven't even heard of that story yet. Yeah, that, that would that would blow my mind. I, I don't think, you know, and I think they've had some things where they've talked about, uh, you know, if you have it once, does that like the chicken box? Does that mean you can't get it again? And I don't think that's been proven yet. Of course, yesterday we had the uh, news about Pfizer saying they have the uh, vaccine that's 90% effective. Hmm, how convenient that that news came out right after we have an official president-elect. But, hey, we're swaying into politics, and I don't want to do that. Yeah, and, and I don't want to go down a sad road, but I definitely want to bring this up with you. Alex Trebek, I want to get your thoughts on that because I feel you, you know, you probably have some sort of good story to tell with, with an Alex Trebek story for sure. I mean, first of all, let's uh, let's have a tip of the cap to the guy for fighting so bravely and so hard. You know, I mean, he was taping shows all the way up until six or seven days before he passed. Uh, that's unheard of, you know, and he was in real, real pain. I saw the executive producer went on a couple of the ABC stations that talked about the fact that the guy would go out and uh, do the show and then come back and almost collapse in his dressing room. He was so such in pain from the, the treatments. I mean, stage four pancreatic cancer is tough enough. And then the chemo on top of it is like that one, two punch that I, I don't know how he did what he was able to do, but I, I'm sad. I mean, I don't have any, I never met the guy. I bought his book after um it came out when that came out and read it very quickly and enjoyed it uh and he's just he's like losing a family member because he's been in my house so long uh in fact uh the greatest game show host of my lifetime wow was alex trebek that, now that, that, that do you be, have easy for me do you have a um a name to replace him 
Well, I mean, there's still some, look, uh, you know, if you're putting people up on the Mount Rushmore and game show hosts, obviously Pat Sajak on wheel has been there for a long time. You know, uh, Chuck Lowry will be back in two and two still kicking around. You know, I think even Bob Eubanks is still there. Uh, uh, whoopee, right. That's what they used to say on the, on the, uh, on the, uh, well, not match game. What was a dating game? Not dating game either. Newlywed game. Good Lord. I'm getting my seventies game shows mixed up, but, um, Listen, uh, it, it was, uh, you know, to me, uh, the name to replace him. Uh, I think they're going to put Ken Jennings in there. You know, I mean, they've already started to work him into some video clues. We watched last night in my house. I had 11 right, by the way. I think I had 11 in the first round and seven in the second round. Drives Michael beer. crazy. Gets him pissed off because uh, he says to me that uh, it's BS that I can read the clues faster than him. And that's, that's like illegal, you know, that I wouldn't be able to ring in if I was actually on the game. Well, I'm not on the game. I'm just in the living room kicking your ass. Uh, secondly, did you see the thing where Jim Schwartz said that he became a better defensive coordinator yeah. because of Alex Trebek and Jeopardy? I thought that was awesome. I mean, you have to make split-second decisions in the NFL. Well, PP makes split-second decisions when he's watching those clues pop up. Not always right, but, hey, I'm pretty good. All right, PT, we'll leave you with this. Did you see the new Sixer? Unis, I did. I saw them this morning, and I, and you guys picked up on the Easter egg on them, or did you uh, pick up on it after somebody wrote about it? I had to see someone write about it first. The Easter egg, yeah, yeah me too. I had to see somebody write about it. Oh, Gil, I know something you don't know. Woo-hoo! Yeah, I don't. Uh, no, I, I. Somebody said I read that they uh, put the trust the pro the TTP in there. That's it. They call that yeah, an Easter night. egg in movies, like in Marvel I, movies or Josh is going up right now. In, in uh, uh, film and TV shows. Ah, uh, I got little, you. Little Easter egg. Little nugget for fans. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I missed that reference that you made there. Okay. If you look at Boathouse Row that's on Simmons's chest in the picture, right? Right there. I mean, I get, you know, it's like Magic Eye. You know, it's a schooner. Uh, that's Mall Rats. Um, when you first look at the thing, you see, like, oh, yeah, that's Boathouse Row. But then when you look at the poster, once you see it, you can't not see it. Yep. TTP right there. Nice job, Chris Heck, if he had something to do with that or whoever uh, in the Sixers. That, uh, now, what do you think of them? Uh, uh, here's in. a question. You would know this better than me, I guess. Um the Boathouse Row, do people yes. elsewhere, would they see that and automatically recognize what it is? No, I don't think so. I think Philadelphians will recognize what it is, but I don't think anybody else, or I, I don't think somebody in Provo, Utah, knows what the hell Boathouse Row is, or, or somebody in Laramie, right. Wyoming, or you know uh, anybody like that. I don't think they know what it is. Although, you know, as you know, how color commentators and, and TV commentators are, when they do wear these unis, uh, I'm sure the first thing they're going to highlight in is that it's Boathouse Row, and then the second thing they're going to do is go right to this TTP in there. So uh, it'll get discussed quite a bit. Yeah, I just and was Iverson, like, and Iverson likes him, so you know that's good enough for me. Yeah, they, they, I, I just, I literally, it was like uh, you're going to have this jersey on, like playing in Cleveland, and they're going to be like, "Why do you have some random neighborhood on your jersey?" Fine, you know, I mean, there's a lot of subtleties, but look, it's not to. I don't think it's to. I don't think they're trying to cater to the entire league. I think they're trying to cater to Sixers fans. And six and you know the Sixers storied history, right? What well, what else were you going to put on there? The Liberty Bell or something like that? Again, the Phillies already have that. What else are you going to put on there? No, I agree. I said that before that uh, you know they've overdone the Liberty Bell and that kind of stuff. I get what their thought process was. I'm just saying I don't know that it's that recognizable outside of this bubble. I, I would agree with you, uh, um, but I, but I also think that uh, I'm sure when they do wear them, 
that whatever network is airing the game that night and whoever that there's going to be enough discussion about it uh, for what actually the buildings are. Not not that it may not sink in, you know. And again, I still use those outlying towns. You know, somebody. Let me just keep going back to the Midwest. Is somebody in Grand Junction, Colorado, going to give a damn about what those buildings are on the on the uni? No, but say lovey. All right, Pete Thompson, Tuesday with Thompson. He's back for happy hour Friday with the PT right here on the Sports Bash Live on 97.3 ESPN. And he, like all guests, appeared via the Boardwalk Honda hotline. Thank you, Peter. All right, guys, good job. Fun talking to you. Talk to you again on Friday. All right, there you go. (laughs) Put him away. Put him away. Yeah, needed to. Sports Bash brought to you by... East Coast Roofing Siding Windows serving all of South Jersey. If you call, they'll show up. Visit them online at eastcoastroofing.com. Don't forget, you can go to our website and donate for the Feed of Family Radiothon. Go to 973ESPN.com. Your donation of just $25 can help provide a Thanksgiving meal to a family that would probably go without without your help. Make that contribution right now on our website, 973ESPN.com. I will update the total for you of what you guys have donated and how much it has helped. Our Feed of Family Radiothon is happening now, and you can help by donating at 97.3 ESPN. And our Feed of Family total, including matching funds from Matt Black Kia, are over $13,000. That's enough so far to provide Thanksgiving meals to feed over 500 South Jersey families. Do you want to help? Go to our website right now, 973ESPN.com. Football lives on 973ESPN, South Jersey's football station. Listen every Saturday for the nation's top college football. All right, 530 Sports Bash Live, 97.3 ESPN. We'll do who's in, who's out in just a second here. First off, it's brought to you by GMS Law. Make the right call with four convenient locations to serve you online. GMSLaw.com. Now, this might be one of the final who's in, who's outs with 14 teams. They might expand these playoffs up to 16 teams. They passed that today that if... Games of importance are missed. They might just add more teams. How that makes sense, I don't know. It's a little weird to me. Let's say you miss one game. That means another team gets added because teams miss one game? I don't know. I don't like it. There's no need to do it. Just at the beginning of the year, you said there's 14 teams. What's to say you can't just take the the games missed, take the winning percentage of the top 14 teams? How about every team makes the playoffs? Awful. <laughs> At this rate, so right? So many teams getting in the playoffs in baseball. Well, you know what? Football. As, with baseball, we all criticized it. And then when we had that first round, it was actually super Well, I like the baseball better because they. I hated that one game play-in. Right. I like the fact that it was a three-game series. So that gave it more of a baseball. Like, baseball's whole, the whole thing's predicated on winning the series. Not one game. Right. No, you're right. But that, that first round was more intriguing than we probably anticipated when we first heard the news. So who's to say this can't be the same way? Um, I'm sure, like, having extra games, but you're going to get, like, even with the current format, before they added a seventh team, you'd get that one game that's on ESPN on Saturday, and it's like, 
Raiders against like yeah. uh, the Chargers playoff four, game. Four o'clock. Oh, it's just no juice. I'm with you. All right. Who's in? Who's out? NFL playoffs after nine weeks. Let's go. These are the 14 teams we think will make the playoffs. We call it who's in, who's out. The in teams are AFC East. Really, a, I mean, two-team race. I mean, you got Miami just a game and a half behind, so they're in it. It's technically a two-team race, but it does seem like the Bills have a little bit more to play with here, and that's why I'm going Buffalo. Miami's won four in a row. That's Buffalo's cool. won three in a row. I'm sticking with the Bills, but I like that Dolphins team. I know you do. Wait till we get to the wild cards. By the way, Dolphins are a plus 61. Bills are a plus 9. Well, who was on talking about their front four? Was that John Clayton who mentioned their front four? Or was that yesterday's show? A guest, Casey. A Casey Joyner, that's right. He brought up that front four, and it, it's a legitimate difference maker. They can play. They turn the ball over. They've given up 161 points this year. Pretty damn good. Yes, it is. All right, in the north, two, uh, really three teams in play. You got 8-0, 6-2, 5-3, Pittsburgh. Find ways to win. Baltimore's plus 85, which is better than Pittsburgh. So I know. they've still been the more impressive team over the full course of the season. I like Pittsburgh at the beginning. I had Baltimore winning the division earlier, but I'm not surprised that Pittsburgh is where they are. 8-0. I think they're... I, I gave him 10 wins. I gave him two extra wins just by getting Roethlisberger back. Probably going to be four extra wins. Well, when you look at these two teams, I think Big Ben is clearly a, a big-time improvement over what I've seen out of Lamar Jackson from the jump from last year to this year. Now he's in COVID protocol. Big Ben is. Yes. They did seem pretty optimistic, though, that he'd be back. He doesn't have COVID. I think he was around somebody. Tracing, correct. So that's why it's there. But, yeah, this Pittsburgh team, they just find ways. It was ugly last week, no doubt about it, but they found a way to squeak it out. South, two teams in play, 6-2 and two, Tennessee, 5-3 and three Colts. I'm going to stick with the Titans right now. They had that ugly stretch where they lost a couple of games, and we figured they'd get out of it, and they did end up getting on the right side of the scoreboard. I'll still ride with Tennessee and Mike Vrabel. Indianapolis plus 48, Tennessee plus 31. I like the Titans, though. I like the coach. You have up to Dallas, lulls in the season. I'll take Tennessee. I don't know. Are you going Rivers or Tannehill? Just mano we mano, what I like more? Just a guy. You had to pick one. That's the two quarterbacks that are in, in a battle here. Well, considering how the Titans are structured, I, I like Ryan Tannehill. I think Phillip Rivers is what's holding the Colts back a bit almost to a degree. He just doesn't have it. You know, he's just old, man. Did you see him trying to make that tackle, by the way? Oh, there was Jonathan Taylor against He's stripped. always been a not-so-graceful guy. He just fell backwards. He got hurdled. Hilarious. To the West. 8-1 Kansas City, 5-3 Vegas. Chiefs it is. They're a plus 103. It's the best in the AFC. Not close. All right, uh, three wildcard teams. I'm going to battle you a bit with this. Yeah, I think you're doing this on purpose. No, no. I believe it in my heart. Baltimore. Baltimore, 6-2. and two. Colts. Colts, 5-3. and three. The Raiders. 5-3 and three Raiders. The Raiders. Miami's not making the playoffs. Raiders have won two straight. 
Yeah, I got Baltimore, Indy, Miami. You want to do a little bet? Sure. Let's have a bet. I've been winning my... bets left and right lately. Well, like Billy Schwein owes me money. You owe me a six pack. Ben Simmons. That's right. That's right. I, I know you're a man of the word. That's all. We just forgot about it. Yeah. Well, Billy Schwein, I we made a bet three years ago, and I keep telling him I owe him the bet, and he still won't take it. All right, well, let's but make a bet. guess what? We had a bet last week, and he lost. What was that about? And I won't forget the bet. What was, I want the payment. What was that about? Eh, just a friendly wager. Friendly? Yeah. Was it friendly friendly? Yeah. Everything's friendly between me and the Schwein. Okay. No fighting, no arguments? Never. Okay. All right, so for with this bet, Miami, I say they won't make the playoffs. You say they will make the playoffs. Nice and easy. Yep. You in? Well, are you taking Vegas over them, or are you getting the field? I'm getting the field. Doesn't seem fair. I think it's fair. You feel strongly about them making the playoffs, no? Sure. Do you feel that strongly that you would accept this? If you don't like this, then maybe we can go in another direction. I don't believe in the Raiders that much. I'm definitely picking well, the other realistically, side. it's either Miami, the Raiders, or Cleveland. Right. And Cleveland's or, or in a tough Indy. spot. Well, didn't you, what was the second team you mentioned? Go ahead. Repeat them again. It's either Vegas, Miami, Indy, or Cleveland. Right. Cleveland's in a tough spot because the two teams above them in that division is already going to make There's the playoffs. There's four teams for two spots in the AFC. Now, New England... Is three and five, and Denver are three and five. I don't really particularly think they got a shot. So it's the division winners four, and then after that you got Miami, Baltimore, Cleveland, Indy, and the Raiders. You got five teams with winning records for three spots. Miami's getting in. Okay, so how about this? It's up to you what you want to do. If you win, do we cancel out till I just don't get a six-pack, or do we exchange six-packs? No, I'll bring six the six-pack tomorrow. Okay. All right, that works. Yeah. So then this friendly wager is another six-pack? Sure. Okay. Great doing business with you. Okay. I can't wait for this six-pack tomorrow. Dolphins are in. They're out. I got them in. They're out. All right, NFC. NFC East. Philadelphia. Got to. Have to. By the way, according to Vegas odds, they are heavy favorite. Do you have the odds in front of you? I had them earlier the show, and here they are. By the way, the Eagles are like top 10 odds to win the Super Bowl. What? Yeah. To win the NFC East, Philadelphia is currently 4-11. Washington football 5-1. So the Eagles are a heavy favorite. Good, good son. I mean, that Giants team is now 15-2, to and Dallas is 10-1. to They are the worst odds. I wonder how much that shifts if, let's say, New York beats the Eagles. Probably. I, be, I would imagine Philly would still be the favorite. Then you can go to prop swap. There you go. All right, the North. Green Bay. Yeah, Green Bay, because I, I think I've showered on that. Chicago had a bunch of, you know, they got some winnable games coming up. Their offense is so bad. It really is. Horrendous. Real bad. Packers' defense is not very good. They can't stop the run a lick. But when it comes to this division, they're going to be able to handle yeah. business. Yeah, they're two games. Well, How about Matt games Nagy, though? What's going on? He's got a leap bag quarterback is his problem. No, no, no. That's a Super Bowl-winning championship caliber quarterback. Mm-hmm. Brad Johnson. He's Brad Johnson. 
that's essentially what he is. He won a Super Bowl. He should be reward, rewarded for it. Congratulate it. You want Brad Johnson? I don't. I don't want Nick Foles. And that's what happened with the Bears. They got stuck with the Brad Johnson after he won the Super Bowl. Would you go back to Trubisky? You must have to think about it. All right, NFC South. Saints. How about that turnaround? You know what? I did it once. I'm not doing it again. I'm sticking with the Bucks. Really? Yeah. After getting swept by New Orleans. Yeah. They both got six wins. That's true. So it's not so far-fetched to think the Bucks can. Uh, I'm not. I did this the last time. I got a knee-jerk reaction to that one game. I like the Bucks. I like Brady. I'm sticking with them. Well, I did mention that Tom Brady is going to be fired up and motivated after that beatdown. So it's probably coming soon. An outburst by the goat. Outburst. Yes. We'll see what Tampa Bay has coming up here. Just a little, little quick dive. All right, Panthers. Rams, Chiefs, Vikings, Falcons, Lions, Falcons. That backstretch of four games should be able to be a nice run, but those first handful of games is a little something. Panthers should be winnable. Winnable, but they're feisty. Rams, winnable. Rams are good. They're not great. They're good. They're not, Chiefs yeah, is the one great. game on there where you're like, all right, they're going to be an underdog. They can win all the rest of those games. They could. Yes, they could win all of them, but I think that – First four games is definitely tougher than the back end. Now you go Saints, 49ers, Falcons, Broncos, Falcons, Eagles, Chiefs, Vikings, Panthers. Mm, that's a little bit easier, I would think. Very similar. Yeah. I think easier, though, the way it's set up. All right, who wins the West? How the West is won? Seattle. I know it was a bad loss to Buffalo, but... Awful. Awful loss. You're right. 44 points. I know. And Russell Wilson played pathetic as well They've at times. They've given up 243. It's the worst in the NFL other than the Jets. I just don't see another team. Like you mentioned the Rams. Good team. Not and great team. Jets and Jacksonville, by the way. Yeah. But those two teams are combined 1-15. and 15. Rams, good, not great. Cardinals, good, not great. I just don't think they're taking over Seattle yet. That division has really been aided by playing the NFC East. <laughs> yes. And injuries with... The 49ers specifically. Seattle's given up 243, and they're a plus 31. That's impressive. They can score. We know that. But, man, that defense is a big problem. It'll be the difference for them in the playoffs, but for the division, I don't think it'll haunt them. Their secondary is abysmal. And they made that trade for a big secondary piece. All right, wild cards. Three. Tampa Bay. Ramps. And this is where I struggle, and I did this last week as well, and I made the same statement. I'm going with the Cardinals. That would be three teams out of the West, but I don't think the Bears are going to make the postseason, and I don't think any, I know no team in the NFC East is going to. So when I look at the NFC, we talked about how they're not that strong. I don't see another team that's going to step up. If it's not going to be the Bears, it's going to be a third team in the NFC West. I agree. Saints, because I have the Bucs. Arizona. And the Rams. Other than them, the only other team in the NFC that has a winning record is the Bears. Everybody else is under 500. That's amazing. Right? I mean, the only thing you could say in the East is if one of the teams get really hot. Then what? I mean, even if you won out, you're the Giants, you're 9-7. That's what I'm saying. Then what? We have a 9-7 football team. Even if you're Dallas and you went out, you're 9-7. Even if you're Washington and went out, you're ten and six. 
Hey, you know how we talk about December Doug? Maybe it's December Joe yeah, in New but, York. Okay, maybe. I was going to say. And if the Eagles got hot and won out, they're 11-4-1. and one. Can you imagine that? <laughs> we'd, be look, we'd be looking back at this October and September thinking, what well, the hell happened? I guess the point here is there's just no way an NFC team, unless, again, like I said, the best they could do for two of them is 9-7. and seven. That's... I mean, Arizona and the Rams, I think, are both going to be better than 9-7. and seven. And then the other wildcard team is coming out of that south, Tampa Bay or New Orleans. Now factor in maybe adding another wildcard team, what type of squad that would be, the Bears getting it. Yeah. If you wanted to know what type of team that would be, it would be Chicago. Now, here's the only other thing. Minnesota, they've won two in a row. What if they just start playing like we thought they might play? And they get to nine and seven. They go six and two the rest of the way. That would be crazy. And we always talk about a team being hot at the right time. Then who knows what can happen if that if that ended up being the case. They play the Bears. Winnable. Dalvin Cook, if he's playing. Dallas. Winnable. Carolina's a winnable game. Jacksonville's a winnable game. Tampa Bay. Tough. Bears again. Saints and Lions. They could go six and two with that with what I just said there. They definitely can. Them because that's a team that we thought at the beginning of the year that was going to be pretty good. The only other one, I think there was a week in there I had Carolina. You know, they're feisty, but they're three and six. Atlanta's three and six. San Francisco's four and five. I mean, San Francisco has so many injury problems. It really just. That's it. It's the NFC West by default. It's going to be Cardinals-Rams getting into that wild card spot. All right, that's who's in, who's out in the NFC. Philly, Packers, Bucks. Yeah, we have all the same teams except for the one switch. Which is a big one. The South. Oh, I thought you meant in, in general, Raiders and the Dolphins. Well, in the AFC, yeah. that's the only other. So there's only two teams in the whole field. The league is so have and have not this year. Definitely is. Definitely. Normally, when we've done this who's in and who's out in the past, it's there's a lot of, I mean, because it's so close. These divisions, like, feel like they're almost, even though it's funny, it's only one game separating three teams in the West, half a game separating the two teams in the South. Uh, the Eagles divisions, everybody's within two and a half. The South, everybody, they're separated by one game. I mean, a lot of these divisions are not, like, over. It just feels differently. I don't know. It does. And when you look at the AFC North, for example, it's Pittsburgh and the Ravens, and, and those two are the powerhouse teams fighting for the AFC. And then when it comes to the NFC, like, there's one division in each conference that really hold the power, it seems. It's going to be a wild chase. Remember, we're in week 10 now. 10. Seven weeks to go. No more buys, though. You're rolling, unless COVID, of course, plays a role. Then you might have a buy that you're not anticipating. And we know that the league does not want to cancel games. Like, if you have a team, they're going to try to get you out there. I thought PT brought up a good point. We might be talking about Friday. You know what? We're excited that guys are coming back from injuries and you might get healthier. You might lose three or four just based off of tracing. It might not even be they have it, but you never know what can happen. We could be talking about not having guys on Sunday. That's a very good point. Sports Bass, by, uh, Sports Bass Live 97.3 ESPN. Coming up, five questions wraps up the show. Don't forget, game night tonight. Reed Fowler talks a little Masters and NFL. 
with Josh at 620 right here on the Sports Bash 97.3 ESPN, the free mobile app. Wake up. All right, five questions time. Don't forget, go to our website, 97.3ESPN.com. Feed a family. You can help out right now and donate. A $25 donation is all we're asking for to help feed a South Jersey family. And currently, as we mentioned all throughout the day, we've been updating that total. Our listeners across our platforms have done such a great job. Over $13,000 raised today. That helps feed over 500 South Jersey families in need. Our feed a family total, including the matching funds from our friends at Matt Blatkia, over $13,000. A $25 donation helps feed a family, and so far we've fed over 500 families just today. Thanks to everybody out there who has helped out. Unbelievable. Unbelievable stuff, that is. 13,000. It's a great job. It really is. really is. All right, let's get into the five today. Instead of going with some action and crazy spreads, I'm just going to throw some random questions out at you. All right, so I'll start with this. The Union won a pretty big game the other day. No interest. How much do you care about that? People have been reaching out to me. Bro, I can't believe you don't care. Nah, I, I don't care. I gave them a shot when there were no sports on. I just don't care. And I'm a soccer man to a degree. Just don't care. I know. I'm not a soccersman. I've tried. I just can't get into it. It doesn't move the needle enough, unfortunately. It doesn't. I don't know. I don't have anybody in my circle that's a soccer fan at all. None? None. Okay. I have some soccer fans, but it's all European You're soccer. a younger guy. True. I mean, I'm in my 40s. I don't know... And if they are, they're not telling me. Like, no one's like, yo, where are we going to watch the match today? True. You know, I have nobody in my circle that's a soccer fan. Well, don't write it off, though, because it's fun. I'd go to a game. It's got to be the right atmosphere, though. MLS, not to be someone who's going to bash things, but it's not the same as English Premier League, La Liga, Serie A. I'd go to a game. I'm willing to check it out. Maybe if somebody out there is very into it and can like kind of like tell me what I'm watching, just don't have any interest. Okay. Question two: How do you feel about Alec Boehm coming in second place to a relief pitcher with a .33 ERA, 17.7 strikeouts per nine, and only played 27 innings? The the the, the pitching 27 innings thing does. There's a 60 game season. That's what he was being. Evaluated on. Right, yeah. He's just a relief pitcher, and people are really upset that he's a closer? No, he's just a relief pitcher. I mean, that's a little odd. I know. But and that's why people are upset about it, because an everyday guy gets lost in the sauce to a guy who's a relief guy. Yeah, I mean, that I, I didn't realize that he wasn't the closer, but I'm not knocking him. If he had one bad outing in a twenty seven inning span, he, he probably doesn't win. That meant that he was that dominant. He was. He was that dominant. Devin Williams of the Brewers. It, it was an insane season for him. So it's weird, but I respect it. All right, is it too early? It, it, Go ahead. It's a f- flunky year anyway. It is. It is. Is it too early for Christmas stuff being out? I'm in that debacle right now with the fiance. Yeah. She's ready to rock and roll right now. Well, the, the Hallmark Channel's got Christmas movies on every night, one after the other. What do you mean, like put the tree up? Tree, ornaments, you know. Yeah, it's, it's a little early for my liking, but... I mean, 
It's funny, my girlfriend's son said, hey, can we put up the Christmas tree? And we were like, yeah. Now, that was on Sunday night. Now, last night, he didn't want to do it. Whoa. So he lost interest. Oh, that quickly. Yeah. I said, what happened? What'd he say? He didn't really give much of an answer. All right. But, nah, I mean, the tree. We're going through the process of fake tree, real tree. Gotta go real tree. I normally do. Then I shifted as I got older, and now we might go fake because we just moved in a lot going on. We might go fake. All right, Penn State's 0-3. What are your thoughts on James Franklin to this point? Not a huge James Franklin guy to begin with. I think James Franklin is a recruiter first, coach second. Like, Clean program, though. They like that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, the fact that he's been he's gotten great recruits to go there. The problem is it hasn't translated into what they want, national championship success. I don't know. Penn State had – it's like some of these schools hold on to this, like, like Georgia won a national championship in 1982, and like if they don't win a national championship again, they're a failure. No, you're Georgia. Pitt won a national championship. You know what? You suck, Pitt. You'll never be good again. You're Pitt. Some of these schools need to get over themselves that the 80s were the 80s and things are different. I think Penn State's one of them. Have a great night. Game night's next.